Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Praise God. I'd like to turn our attention uh, to to my opening text here. It's found in uh, John, the the third book of John, uh, chapter 1, verse 11. And as you're turning there, uh, I want to just uh, talk about uh, my my title today is Reject and Connect. And um, I want to talk about what that means for us today, but especially in this verse here. It says, Beloved, Follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doth good is of God, but he that doth evil hath not seen God. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about, you can put up Brother Drake again. He's going to help us today. Brother, Brother Drake is going to help us today. We, you've probably seen this meme before. And um, I wanted to read a couple of them that I enjoyed. Uh, if you put that first one up there, if you've ever seen this, this is kind of what he, having a normal sleep schedule in quarantine. No, I don't want nothing to do with that. Going to bed at 5 a.m. and eating all the snacks in the pantry. Now that's, that's something I, I'm okay, I can connect with. The next one says, actually doing research on the current news. No, I don't want that. No, I'd like to use Facebook newsfeed as my main news source without checking. I like this one here. $25 for a product, $5 to ship. Oh, no. $30 for the product plus free shipping. Oh, yeah. I can... How many is guilty of this next one? <clears throat> Looking at the ground beef package on the very top for $10.58, digging under layers of packages for the $10.42 ground beef package at the very bottom. Like, <laughs> in the, in the, we all do it, right? <laughs> it's just, oh, whoa, that's way too much. I know it. <laughs> I made a I made two to for to fit our church. Attending midweek Bible study faithfully. Oh, oh. Skipping 10 a.m. Sunday school and only attending 11 a.m. worship service on Sundays. No, I can give you high. <laughs> Last one here. Attending first Wednesday prayer service. Uh-huh. No, no. <laughs> having the church pray for me at first Wednesday prayer service while I'm at home. Now I can connect with that. Today, I know I'm a fan of these these themes here that that really Brother Drake really brings out in this meme. I'm calling Brother Drake for the rest of the day, but 
This is, of course, it's meant to emphasize the things that we kind of reject and the things that we connect to. And they're certainly the same in our spiritual walk with God. We have many things that we connect with and reject. And, and, but I want us to understand that the process of connection must use rejection. And the process of rejection also must use connection. And we'll talk a little bit more what that means. But, you know, I remember when, uh, you know, early in my, in my um, dating season with my wife, you know, I was, we were dating and, and I noticed that I enjoyed the connection I had with her. But I had to get to a place and a point that if I really wanted to connect with her, I had to reject the others. And vice versa. I remember I had this in my bedroom. My parents might remember this. I had this, this wall of pictures that, of friends, but mostly girlfriends that I used to have. And, and, and my, my wife also had a, an album of, of pictures and boyfriends that she had and things like that. And I remember we finally got to that place in our relationship. Like, this is just us. Like, we would go and see each other's stuff. And I'd, I remember her wa her walking into my room the first time and seeing that, maybe that shrine, let's be honest. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, God, let's just ignore this wall. These are just, I, as much as I said it, these are just friends. Right. <laughs> pals and buddies of mine. <laughs> she felt a certain way and vice versa. When I saw pictures of her with other boyfriends, it, it, it kind of mm, didn't sit right. I remember that point where I said, okay, I'm going to take this wall down. This is it. I'm throwing away these old photos, these pictures. And, and so I did so. And I even like bragged to her about it. I got rid of that. You know, you're, uh, the more I rejected that, the more I connected with her. And I remember, you know, us going through some pictures, uh, from, uh, she brought from home when, after we're married and I noticed she didn't throw away her pictures. <laughs> To this day, those pictures are still in a box, and I scratch my head, and I, every time our daughters and us look at pictures, I'm like, yep, those are pictures that she didn't want to throw away. But I promise your dad had other relationships too, but you'll never know. You know, we all, we all want to have that connection, but it does take rejection, and and, and same with God. I mean, look at the scripture here, 1 John 2, 15, the familiar one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That If you love that world, that connection with the Father is not in you. John 15, 9 says this. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world... But I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. That's the way it should be. The, the world shouldn't be connected to you like you should be connected to the world. And today I want to really just kind of emphasize this, this process of rejection and connection. Things that we want to hold off to, things that we don't want to be a part of, things that we don't need anymore in our life, things that we should just build up walls against, and things that we should cleave to, things that we should just grab a hold of. And I want to talk about the very first person today, and I want to read in Ruth chapter 1. Ruth 1, verse 3, and Elamech, or if you could say Elamelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and, and her two sons, and they took them wives of the women of Moab. 
The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Jumping to verse 8, And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dwelt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept, and they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, No, 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 turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Or there are yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands. Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have another husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would you even bother to wait for them till they have grown up? Would you stay for them from, you know, having husbands? Would you do all these things? He says, she's like, no, my, my daughters, for it grieved me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone. I'm, I'm, she feels like she's being punished. Yeah. Verse 14, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God, whither thou diest, I will die, and there will be, there will I be buried. And the Lord do so to me, and more also, if he ought put death part thee in me. See, we put here this, this connection that Ruth just puts so, so perfectly, and to under really understand Ruth's connection to Naomi and 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 the people of God, the the Judah and where they went back. You have to understand Ruth's background and what Ruth is rejecting and what Ruth is walking away from. See that we opened up in that very first uh, chapter there in a the couple verses, you find out that these these uh, uh, Hebrews came to this area because there was bread there. They they moved there because there was there's help there. There was there was the ability to live there. But when death attacked this family, the the father and the sons died. Naomi's left in this place. She's a real widow. She needs help, and and no one took care of widows better than the people of God. There was part of their law was part of their their upbringing to care for to care for them just like we have today government assistance in different ways and and different forms and for different people um, that's back then there was no strong mandates there was no super strong governments to, to, to for checks and balances to make sure people were living right it, it was it was installed in the word of God to take care of those 
widows. And, and so that's what she felt. I, I need to go back. And home was Bethlehem. And she had to go back there. And she knew that's where she could ta be taken care of on her own. And, and so she does. She desires to go. And, but she realizes this. That I have to break free from these daughter-in-laws. These really ex-daughter-in-laws. Because, you know, their husbands are now dead. Death till death do us part. This is what they, this is, this is that death that has parted this family. And we see here that, that Ruth and Orpah have a decision to make. And, but to understand why, why, why Ruth didn't want to go, we kind of have to look at what, she was and the Bible says that they were in Moab and, and she was a Moabite and, and that wasn't the same people of God if you look if you, let's, let's look at the background and understand it Genesis 19 talks about Lot so we know the story of Lot we know that he's pulled out of Sodom and Gomorrah we know that they're running for their lives we know that Lot's wife turns back turns to a pillar of salt and now Lot has daughters running for the hills. The Bible says that here in Genesis 19 and 35, and they made their father Lot drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he perceived not when she laid down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab, the same as the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bare a son and called his name Benami. The name is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. So Ruth, understanding her background, she is part of this Moabite and Ammonite type of lineage. She, these are the enemy of the people of God. If you read through the Old Testament, they're constantly fighting, constantly in battle. When, when David comes back, I believe, to the city of Ziklag and he smells the, the burning and the, the soot is in the air, the smoke and the fog is thick and they come to nothing but, you know, empty homes that have been burnt down to dust, no families. The, the one who lit that match was, I believe, the Ammonites. So we see that there's constantly fighting and, and, and just, you know, turmoil be, between the Moabites, Ammonites, and the people of God. And Ruth is from that. Ruth is out of that seed. Ruth is from that place that goes against that. They, Moabites are full of idolaters. They, they just, they trust in figurines more, more than the figure of God. They, they trust in those types of, of, of tangible things more than, you know, faith and trust in the one that made heaven heaven and earth. And so we see Ruth. Ruth did not want to be connected to who she used to be. She rejected her past, that Moabite in her. She wanted a better relationship and connected to a person of God in Naomi. And if you look at back at the contrast between what Orpah and, and Ruth say here, let's go back to Ruth 1 and 14. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her, connected to her. And I, I, I want to pause here. And before I read the rest of this, is understand that Orpah, 
her way of dealing with, with rejection here and rejecting uh, uh, Naomi and, and what Naomi stood for and the, and the future that was with Naomi was with a kiss. And I, and I look at that and I think to myself, rejection to the things of God can look a lot like kindness and sweetness. I, I'll tell you right off the bat, as a pastor, I've been rejected by people in this church before and they've done it in the sweetest and kindest manner. I had one one individual just out of the blue call me. They haven't attended our church in, in well over a year, and they just wanted to let me know how much they loved me, how much they cared about me, yeah. but how much they weren't coming back again. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking that, like, that was right after an incredible Sunday service we had, and it was Monday, and I'm like, look at Monday. <laughs> Monday just keeps on coming through. It does. It, it's going to be Monday after Sunday, and I, I, I've been kissed. Thank you, but no, thank you. I, and and I just say that it's it's common. It's it's one of those things that happens. That you know, uh, just because you're doing it with a kiss, it doesn't mean you're right. And we see here Ruth, though, on her side of things. Look at, as we're going through the scripture, she's like, entreat me not to leave there in verse 15. I, I don't want to return from following, following. She says this, where you go, I go. Where you live, I live. I want your people to become my people. I want your God to be my God. What, what you die for, I die for. I want these things to be me. Why, why did Ruth feel that way? And I, there's multiple reasons, but I, I definitely think she understood what marriage really was about. When you marry, it's you know you are connected. You are you are in a in a place where you become one. And I believe when she she became one with with the son um, Malon, I believe that when she married him, she was all in. She changed her nature. And I say that for this church, this body. When you step into the marriage with Christ, be Christ. Be someone who is sold out to who he is and what he is and what he's about. We see that this, this, this love, deep-seated love of forever is found in her heart. And I want to say many of us have sometimes forgotten what it truly means to be totally married to Christ. Here's the problem with some marriages is that we, we come together in the right way. We come together with the right intentions. We love the hand-holding. We love the pecks on the cheek. And we love those embraces. We love those things. We love the swooning. We love, we love the comforting. We love all those things. But marriages are real. Marriages go through things. Marriages go through ups and downs, hardships. And that's where you need the marriage the most is in a hardship. And sometimes we make an enemy out of our spouse and unfortunately it's the same way spiritually sometimes we just make an enemy out of our own God who loves us why because we're not willing to be totally bought into the marriage and we see Ruth that she she's left Moab she is left her, she's completely rejected worshiping a figurine that has never done anything in her life 
She's she's tired of her her parents' false gods. She's tired of the same old, same old. She wants to be with Naomi and what holds her future. And we see this like like Ruth, we have to reject who he used to be and we need to connect to the fruitfulness of his fields. If you read the rest of Ruth, you see that she comes into contact with Boaz and, and we know the story. She gleans from his fields. There's provisions. There's fruitfulness in the fields when we trust God, when we move forward, when we begin to break up with our old life of sin, we have the ability to marry our kin Redeemer. We see this process of rejection and connection. And it's something that we need to, I know this might be simple teaching, but I'm okay with that. I want us to really be reminded, especially in this hour, especially as the day approach, you need to get certain things right in your life. Get your ducks in order. It's time to reject everything that's worldly. It's time to reject the things that don't that don't grow you and build you spiritually. It's time, it's time to just you know, give give that that look like Drake is there, brother Drake. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> but it's time to connect to the things of God and the promises of God and the and 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 the and the tomorrow we have with God. I know we're not promised tomorrow, but we do know we have a hope in our tomorrow with God. I, I, I say this. Because I feel as of late, we can be so swayed. The Bible's very clear about these warnings, these letters that come out, and they, they want to stir you and shake you that as the day is approaching, as the time is coming, you know, Paul writes to the, to the Hebrews, in my opinion, and he, he writes that, you know, as don't forsake the assembly, right? Don't, don't, don't break up. Don't, don't, don't try to live your life, your spiritual walk with God by yourself. No man is an island. You need, as the day is approaching, you need to be together. You need to be leaning on each other, connecting each other. You need to, you need to find strength in those spiritual numbers. John even writes to Gaius in 3 John and 1. We're going to read this letter to him. He says, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. I'll pause there for a second before I read for, who's Gaius? Does anyone know who Gaius is? <clears throat> Gaius is a guy who is not won by John. Gaius is not a convert under John's ministry. Gaius was a convert, I believe, under Paul's ministry. And Paul was very close to him. And Paul, Paul took him under his wing and made him a son in the gospel, just like Timothy, and, and grew him and strengthened him. But when, when Paul was martyred and killed, there was John. There was another spiritual leader. And Gaius decided to reject all the other voices in the world. And he connected to a spiritual man of God. And he became close to John. He, he, and that's a hard thing to do for anybody. I, I, I always say this to some people, that you can't replace your pastor. Everyone has that one pastor. I understand I pastor several people here. doesn't necessarily mean I'm your pastor. I know that because of several reasons. I'm not going to divulge why. <laughs> okay? And I'm not offended by it. I'm not trying to pastor the world. 
Okay, just for instance, I have a pastor back home in my hometown that I have a lot of mentors, a lot of people who, elders who I respect. I have a bishop who I honor, esteem very high, but I have, I, I really focused it down to one pastor, and I think most people are like that. But there is a time and, and an understanding that we can take that mindset, especially when, when, when that separation between our pastor, that spiritual leader, uh, just... It, when we break apart, whether it's death that breaks us apart or distance or time or being backslidden, whatever, you can fill in the blank. It don't matter. Whatever it is that pulls us apart, be like Gaius. Cling again to, a, to the man. of Cling again to a spiritual authority. Let, make sure that you're connected and make sure that you're obedient to his instructions and words because this is exactly who John is writing to. He's writing to Gaius here. And jumping in verse for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Yeah. I love that verse. I think a parent speaks that verse out every time their child is filled with the Holy Ghost, is, is growing in, in God, and we say those things. But that's how John uh, uh, adapted to Gaius as a son in the gospel. He had no greater joy to see his son Gaius walk in the truth. Verse 5, Beloved, thou dost faithfully whatsoever thou dost to the brethren and to the strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. But this is where John gets real focused here. He says in verse 9, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephus, or Diotrephus, who loved to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come and I will remember his deeds which he doth, pranting against us with malicious words and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doth good is of God, but he that doth evil hath not seen God. Verse 12, Now Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record. Ye know that our record is true. John here wants to talk about two individuals. And I, I'm going to say this about, about the scriptures, about the word of God. I love how the apostles had no problem calling out names. Right? right? I think that's a note we need to take. Not to bash people. Not to, not to drag people in the mud. But to be clear. Sometimes as a pastor, I feel like, man, I have beaten a path around bushes. <laughs> I feel there are times that trimmed around bushes in my ministry for many times, addressing issues because I don't want to offend somebody. But this is, this is the difference, though, here in the early church. 
They, they needed instruction and correction. They needed it to be plain. They needed it to be focused. God help us because we live in a day that we fight this. We live in a day where we're people's feelings are hurt. I'm telling you right now, I've had to apologize because I didn't shake someone's hand before because I was biz too busy. I, I've had to, had to say sorry to countless people because I maybe didn't look at them the right way or I didn't smirk or smile in the right way. I know that some of you, that sounds foolish and crazy, but it's the truth. We are offended by so much. We are, we are so sensitive by so many different things. We are, we are, we are just, you know, some of us come to church just ready to be injured right. <clears throat> some of us come and, and, and part of that's because you've been injured at other churches right. and you expect okay I'm just waiting for the floor to drop I'm just waiting for the trap I'm waiting for the okay everything looks okay so far but when are they going to gut punch me when is it? When and you're and there's a hesitation in our spirit sometimes when it comes to being bought into the body of Christ right. because of church hurt, because of situations that's happened. I, I want us to understand here: grow thick skin, yeah. be be stronger in the Lord. Amen. And I know that saying that doesn't make it happen. But here's what I want you to understand. The word of God will look you dead in the face and say you're wrong. Okay? And, and, and that's who needs to say it. Yeah. Right? And, and I work very hard, sure, that, uh, uh, that I don't just come across and, and, and call anybody out in that way to offend anybody. But I, I want to also have characteristics like the early church and have a spirit that isn't so sensitive that I'm willing to walk away from truth, that I'm willing to walk away from righteousness, that I'm willing to walk away from the future salvation. Why? Because I had my feelings hurt. Because they told me the truth. Here's, here's something that he, he brings up. He, he talks about, again, in this chapter, these two individuals Diotrephus and Demetrius. One, obviously, we read it, has a bad report, a terrible report. But the other, so simple, a good report. And John desires Gaius to reject the one and connect with the other. John is not afraid, of course, to mention these names. But it's so important that we do the same thing when it comes to sin. Call, call sin, sin. Call a spade a spade. Be honest with yourself. Call, call, call the fact that, you know, if you're going through problems, take a real good look in the mirror and say, is my faithfulness been there? Has my, has, has my praise been there? Has my thankfulness unto God been there? Has I, have I been putting God first and everything else follows? Where has God been priority in my life? Because sometimes life is a shamble. Life is just messed up. But if I put God first, his word does not lie. His kingdom first. The things of God first. Everything else will follow. But we see here, John is not afraid to mention these things. And he tells us, really, he describes this, this bad report, this ugliness. He, reject his pride is what he's saying when he says he loveth to have the preeminence among them. This type of person loved, loved to sit up on platforms. <laughs> he loved to, uh, and I'm just, this is, 
this is just my church, and this is probably going to be my church until the day God takes it away, and, and just my opinion on it, but I am not comfortable with ever sitting on a platform. I'm just not, and I understand I go other places, and I preach in other churches, and they bring me up there. I actually remember, I won't say who or where, but I was sitting out there in the, in the, in the audience, and because I like, I'm a fan of praising God in the altar. I just feel more liberty and freedom down there. It's just me. I'm just, and there's nothing wrong. I, I know we're living here. I, I'm battling culture here. Right, right. Because back 20 years ago, plus, it was common for the ministry to sit up, and that's not negative. And any church that, that has ministry sitting on the platform, that's not negative. That's not a, a bad thing. But what it does is that it breeds things in the ministry. Right, right. And it breeds things that can be misconstrued and twisted, and, and pride can set in, and, and, and ugliness can set in. I tell you what just, just, just drives me nuts is when a minister gets up, and this is, I, I hope this is not, I hope I have enough time to complain. <laughs> when a minister preaches to you that you need to be a praiser and a worshiper, but then does nothing sitting up on the platform, you know, acts as though well, they're so sensitive to the Holy Ghost that I can't lift up hands and, oh my Lord, I, I can't stand it. And, I, and, I, and I'm speaking as a, a middle-aged, uh, <laughs> a middle-aged 41-year-old minister who's been preaching for the last 20 years. And I can tell you this, and God forbid if any elder hears my podcast. <laughs> Prove me wrong, elder. Worship God with every strength you still have in your life. Prove to us that it's not about speaking a truth. It's about living the truth. And we have to connect to that. We have to reject that type of pride he had, that he desired that, that to be among them. Then he says, reject his inhospitability. Inhosp if that's a word I just made up, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, this, he was just not hospitable to, to the people of God. He says, they, he received us not don't be that way. Be someone that when a new person walks into, we, they should almost say, man, that Ephesus church is a bunch of kind weirdos. <laughs> Everybody attacked me with smiles, hugs, and shakes, and high fives. I didn't know what to do. I felt like I had to be on guard. I'm okay with hearing that than the latter. I'm okay with that because I want this place and I want this body to be a body that ha understands love and kindness and is, 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 is just receives people. He also says that this guy is pranting against us with malicious words. Reject his gossiping lies. Reject that type of that type of that that way. Um, let me just also say this: this goes back again to calling a spade a spade. Sometimes it is good. We, we've had a conversation. I've had a, had some about about pastors and ministers who have fallen, who who've who've sinned a sin that uh, whether you should make it known to the body, whether it, it, it takes some out of ministry, all those things. I'm just going to tell you how I personally feel. I know there's mixed feelings on this subject, but I, I'm for, for just calling that sin out and explaining the, that individual sinned. I don't have to necessarily get into 
details. I can just say there was this sin that happened. Pray for this individual. Let us understand that we have to own our sins. We have to realize that we've done this, but we have to also know that there's an altar to run to, that there's always a place to come to. I have no doubt. I don't care who you are. You can be restored. (laughs) Ministries can be restored. It's in the word of God. It's all through it. I mean, Jesus' lineage is full of sinners. He did that on purpose. He made a point to come out of a bloodline that was tainted, ugly, sinful. Why? Because he wanted you to know that that's where godliness can come from. Holiness can be birthed out of a wrong. Things can change if you come to God and you lay things down. You change who you are. You reject sin. You connect to him. He continued on and said, talked about, this individual that had a bad report, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and he forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Wow. Reject this type of hate towards the body. But connect to Demetrius. Connect to someone of good report. I I, I reread that 3 John Verse 1, verse 12, or chapter 1, verse 12 says, Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. What does that say? That's saying not only are people talking about the character of Demetrius, but even truth speaks of him. Even truth doesn't hide who he is. And I think that's a powerful thing for us to take today. That's That's a very strong thing. Let's all stand. This is again why I go back to 3 John 1 and 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doth good is of God, but he that doth evil hath not seen God. We have to reject those things that are evil, and we need to cleave to those things that are good. I read one last text here uh, found in 2 Timothy, a familiar text. This is, this is Paul just speaking. Just spitting it out here. Second Timothy 3. This know also that in the last days, right? Right. Perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. They're going to be covetous. They're going to be boasters, proud, blasphemers. They're going to be disobedient to parents. They're going to be unthankful. They're going to be unholy. They're going to have, you know, without natural affections. They're going to be truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, meaning they have no self-control. They'll be fierce and high-strung. They'll be despisers of those that are good. They'll be traitors. They'll be heady, meaning reckless. They'll be high-minded, which is blind with pride. They'll have love for pleasure more than love of God. And they'll have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof. And he goes this entire list. And what does he say? He says, reject it. Reject it. From such, turn away. And I want you to know, we've heard those statements before. Birds of a feather, right? Flock together. 
there is a there is a balance <clears throat> between loving God and loving the people of the world and not loving the world right and I, I, I want to just say this that you do not have to participate in worldliness to win world okay you do not have to say well you know what I'm trying to win my neighbor and we went out to eat they ordered a beer I better order beer that's just crazy thinking that's just silliness okay you know out of all these all these lists we get all those things but verse 5 is a powerful one having that form of godliness but really not but really not being bought into it denying the power of it and that's a sad thing more so for that individual who's done a lot of work to look godly and I want us to understand we are we are also living in a day too where these perilous times even the very elect, smart, smarter people than me, smarter, smarter people than many are, are going to be completely lied to and tricked. And they're going to, they're going to change what the word of God says. They're going, they're going to, they're going, they're going to make wiggle room for their lifestyle. They're going to do all these things. But I'm telling you right now, you, you've got to get to a place. And I hate, I hate, I don't have more time to say this, but I'll I'll say it as clearly as possible. This might sound ugly, but it's, Sometimes you just have to say goodbye to relationships. Sometimes you is you just have to you, you can't continue to be that same good friend to them if they begin to walk away from the things of God. And 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 honestly, you need to be the one to say that. You need to be the one to say, "Listen, I love you, but you're going the wrong direction. Yes. You're thinking wrong." I'm sorry. Where where are you starting to see this? Where are you thinking this? Shake them. Stir them. Your voice might be the last thing they hear. It may change them. It may not. I've been there. I've lost friends. I've have, I, I have people in my wedding that I no longer talk to because we've had those conversations. I remember one of them was in ministry and he started just backsliding and backsliding. And at first I'm just, you know, I'm praying for you, buddy. I'm sorry things are not going the way you want it. Hardships are happening, but it started getting crazy. And where I'm not going to let him be the person that drags me down. I'm not going to, my relationship with God is the most important thing. I remember having this conversation with him. Man, did I pray and fast before having it. And I said, man, I love you to death. I, I can't tell you enough, but you're wrong. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a kidding way. You are not thinking right. You're going out of, this is everything you're doing right now is out of order. It's out of the word of God. I don't understand. I disagree with that. I, I scripturally doesn't even fit. It doesn't make sense. Please, please see that with me. Please don't forget who you used to be. Don't forget the, the relationship you decided to have with God from the get-go. Return to your First, love. You know, that's, that's what we have to do. We have to get reconnected, reject everything else, but connect to our first love. I hope, here's something too that we have to love. We have to love the altar. Man, love the altar. Love it with everything. 
Praise God. We've got, we've got to reject this world and connect to God. Let's just bow our heads together. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. I pray, stir it up in us. Help us, help us to hear these warnings, God. Help us, oh Lord, to understand the signs of these times as the day is approaching, Lord. My God, help us find security in our relationship with you. Help us to find a steadfastness. Help us to lock in and connect and cleave like Ruth clave to Naomi. Help us to, my God, help us, Lord. Where you live, I want to live. Where you go, I want to go. What you, what you, Your God becomes my God. I, where you die, I die. God, I want to be in a perfect marriage with you, connected like never before. I pray strengthen us. Help us to say no to foolishness. Help us to say no to sin. Help us say no to the pleasures of this world. God, I pray strengthen this body. We thank you together. And in your name we pray in Jesus' name. Someone say his name. Jesus' name. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 